Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. How are we all doing? Do we get here in time for a donut? Yeah, no. I was grateful for the donuts, um, and then I realised I've got to come and speak again. So now uh, we should be all right. I've got my water. All good. Good. Well, it is great to be here. As Lucy said, today is a celebration. Today is a celebration. It's a celebration because it's a Sunday. And what do we do on Sundays? We gather together as um, the body of Christ and we get to celebrate him together. Isn't that an amazing thing that we get to do that every week? Sunday is a celebration. It's also a celebration because as a site here at Ivy Church Didsbury, we hit our first birthday, as you will, a couple of weeks ago. We didn't celebrate it a couple of weeks ago because of certain things that are in the church calendar, but we're we're a year old here at Ivy Church Didsbury for what has been this gathering when we replanted ourselves back in this building last year. And it's also a celebration because today is the first Sunday, our launch, as you will, as Ivy Church Didsbury for two services. Isn't that amazing? That a year ago when we replanted ourselves back in here because of everything that had happened uh, in regards to the cinema uh, and the journey that we've been going on as a church... 12 months later, we're in a position where we've grown so much that we've had to go to two services. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God good in all of that? And I mean, what's the prayer for the next 12 months? Come on. There we go. John's leading the other two. So at least I've got a volunteer. (laughs) Yeah, but no, but seriously, that's got to be it, hasn't it? We've got to be seeking to grow. That's why we've gone into this two service model for this new season because we want to grow. We want to see more people coming to know Jesus. There is probably an empty chair on your row or near you. And my challenge to you is who is it that you're praying for that's going to fill that empty seat? Who is it that you're going to ask? Who is it that you're going to invite to say, do you want to come and check out church with me on Sunday? Why? Because it's a great celebration. You get to meet lovely people. You get to have a tea and a coffee and maybe even a donut. But also you get to meet face to face with the living God. Today is a celebration. And just before we go into what the series we're talking about, which is Realign. We're in this series called Realign for uh, the month of October. And we are going to be getting on to that. But I thought this is a great opportunity as as we're starting, as we're launching our two services. Not only for us to look about how we realign ourselves with God. Is what our our series is talking about um, particularly through types of worship, but actually realign ourselves with our church. Realign ourselves as a church. Like, What is it that we're we're all about? What is it that we're going for? What's the goal? What's the aim? Why are we actually meeting here? Why do we even bother? I want to share with you what our core values are as a church. I want to share with you what the mission is as a church. Why? So that when you say I'm in, when you say I'm, I'm for it, you fully understand what you're saying I'm in too. You know what you're getting yourself into. Hopefully you're aware that actually as, as Ivy Church Didsby, we're a part of a bigger network of churches. We're part of Ivy Church. Ivy Church meets across all of South Manchester on a Sunday. Uh, we've got 
Didsbury here, we've got Shaston down the road, we've got Academy in the city centre, we've got Fuse over in Partington, we've got Mersey Bank in the estate just up the road, and we have the central meeting that meets here on a Sunday night. Ivy Church is bigger than just us here. We're part of something much bigger. And as Ivy Church, does anybody know our sort of strap line, the thing that we, we aim for, our, maybe our vision, if you'd like to call it? Does anyone know what that is? Helping people find their way back to God. Come on, we don't sound that excited about that this morning. Are we excited about helping people find their way back to God? Hopefully you are, because that's what we're all about here. And if, and if you're not about that, then maybe you need to ask yourself the question, what am I doing here? Because this is what they're all about. That is what we're all about here, helping people find their way back to God. And we do that through knowing, growing and going. You may have heard those words, knowing God, growing in community and relationship and going, looking outwards, being sent. But I don't know if you've ever been to the other sites, to the ones that I've mentioned, but we all express church slightly differently. We all have that same vision and the same mission because we all sit under the banner of Ivy Church, but we all express it a little bit differently. We have things that I've called sort of like cultural values as a church. And I've said this many a times, particularly leading up into this new season of two services, of what our core cultural values are. There are three things. One, we're generational. We're all about family here, from the youngest to the oldest. I want to see this place full with people of all ages. All ages. You know, I love the fact that we've got kids' work going on in both services. I think that's amazing, because the kids, they are the church of the future, aren't they? They're the church of now, but they're the church of the future. They're going to be the leaders of the future. We've got to invest in our kids, make sure that they're growing up, knowing that Jesus loves them, that they, he's got a plan for them, so that one day maybe one of them will be stood up here being able to deliver a message. Secondly, we want to be invitational. We're a church that is always looking out, trying to see the people that we can invite to come and join us. That's why we've gone to two services, because we got to a capacity where we're like, we can't even invite anyone anymore, because there's not even a chair for them to sit on. I don't want to invite someone to come and sit on the floor. I want to invite someone to come and be welcomed and be hosted and enjoy themselves and be comfortable. We want to be invitational. Who are you inviting to church? Who are you praying for that you can have that conversation with? And we want to be hospitable. We want to go above and beyond. We want the welcome to be something that people have never experienced before. And we're going to do that I believe we do that, we're going to grow this place, we're going to grow this church, we're going to grow God's church. We want to grow in number, grow in leaders, and grow churches. Ultimately, that's what it's all about. We're a church that wants to plant churches, that wants to plant churches, that wants to plant churches. And it goes on and on and on. You see, it doesn't just stop here at the two services. You know, I pray that actually in 12 months' time, we are stood in a place where we're sending people out. Hopefully it's not four services, because I don't think I could manage that. But hopefully we'll be... Praying, I'm praying that we've got a team that are ready to be sent out and say, do you know what, we've found the venue, we've found the location and we've got a core group of people that have a heart for that community and we're going to bless you and send you out to plant a church over there. That's got to be our goal. And how do we do that in terms of a strategy, uh, practically, how can you be involved in growing the church here? Lucy's already mentioned it, grow groups. Are you in a grow group? Are you in a midweek group? You're going to grow yourself personally, grow deep in your relationship with God in our midweek group. Sundays are great, and they're a great celebration. I see grow groups. It's where we do life, isn't it? 
It's where we get down to the nitty-gritty of what life is like. We've got a core group of people that know us better than um, everyone could ever know us in the room at the moment. They're in a grow group. We've got to grow our grow groups. Serving on team. Are you investing in this place, in your time? Are you saying, I'm part of what's going on here, and so I'm going to serve on a team? And as Lucy said, not because it's about filling rotors. It's because I actually want to help people find their way back to God. I want to use the gifts and the talents that God's given me to be able to invest in the life of the church and say, do you know what? Yeah, I'm going to give my time to that because I want people to know who Jesus is. I want to welcome people so well that they see Jesus through my smile. I want to hand someone a tea or coffee and say that God loves them because I want them to know who he is. I want to spend time with the kids because I know that they're the leaders of tomorrow and I want to make sure that they grow up knowing their heavenly father. Are you serving on team here? And thirdly, are you giving, not just of your time, but financially? Hopefully you'll all have seen, uh, maybe got an envelope on your seat or one next to you. Uh, and this is an envelope that you can look at, take some time throughout the service, and you'll, there'll be a chance for you to um, put that envelope in a bucket towards the end. And this is talking about our offering, our giving. Are you invested financially in the church? What does Jesus ask for us? Does he ask for just a little bit of us? Does he ask for all of us? I think he asks for our whole lives, doesn't he? He asks for our whole lives. And that includes our finances. And I just want to challenge you now, maybe as we just stop and think for a moment about our giving. It's like, am I giving regularly? Maybe I've just been giving sporadically over the last months, years. When I can, when I feel like it, when I remember. I want to challenge you this morning. Are you giving regularly? Putting your trust in him regularly, weekly, monthly, however it's going to work best for you. Are you giving regularly? And I'd love for you just to take that envelope. Maybe just let's just pause for 30 seconds now. Take the envelope. And if you do give regularly, thank you so much. You can give in three different ways. You can give today, cash via the envelope. You could give online, ivychurch.org forward slash giving. Or you can give by standing order regularly through the bank. Let's just pause for 20 seconds and just pray. Thank God that we're in a position where we get to give. Get to give. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, that we're in a position where we get to give. Thank you that you've given everything to us first. And it's a privilege to be able to give back to you. So as the service goes on, as I said, towards the end, um, as we enter into our, our final part of the service and worship, the welcome team will, will pass the buckets around and you'll be able to put your envelope in. Regardless of whether you've written on it, put any money in it, can I please encourage you to put the envelope in um, anyway. But yeah, spend a moment. Fill that out if you need to. There should be pens there as well. You can do that throughout the service. But giving is so important. Are we excited this morning? Mm. <laughs> wow. Mm. I'm excited this morning. Are you expectant this morning? Yeah? Come on. We're expectant this morning. I'm expectant this morning. Now, Lucy and I, we weren't here last week and we were... Um, somewhere else with family and we were, we were visiting, I was effectively visiting another church and I'm going to be honest, I don't always like going to that church. 
that maybe that's a really bad thing to say, but it's like it's a Saturday night, and we, or maybe it's even a Sunday morning, we have the conversation, are we going to church, are we not going to church, because we both know the church we're talking about, and I'm kind of thinking, oh, is there an excuse that I can say that I don't have to go, because it doesn't really float my boat, if I'm being honest with you, but we went to church, we went to church, and it was okay, and we came back, but did God speak to me? Not really. Do you know why? Because I wasn't expecting that he was going to. Because my attitude in going to church wasn't great. Because I felt like it didn't float my boat. I felt like I wasn't going to get anything from it. I was just going to church purely sake of being there. I wasn't expectant of anything. So it's no wonder that I came home and didn't feel that I'd heard from God that Sunday. I want to say, are we expectant this morning? How have we come to church this morning? Have we come expecting that we're going to meet with God? Have we come expecting that we're going to hear from him? That we're going to have revelation from him? That we're going to be transformed from him? Or have we just come because it's what we've done for the last 30 years of our lives? Going to church on a Sunday. And that's just part of the routine. Are we expectant when we're coming to church? Does it mean that God didn't have a message for me last week? No, not at all. Because God is always speaking. He is always revealing. He is always reminding us of who he is. But are we ready to listen to it? Are we expecting to hear that? Have any of you heard of 7-Eleven? It's a convenience store in the States. Any of you heard of that? Yeah? They had this thing. They have a drink called a Slurpee, and they had this thing that every year, um, it's called Bring Your Own Cup Day. That's a Slurpee. That's what it looks like. And they have this thing called Bring Your Own Cup Day, and you can bring your own cup on this day, and for $1.50, you can fill your cup to the top with Slurpee. So these are what some people brought as their cups. So you've got a prosthetic leg, you've got a KFC bucket, and you've got a sink. And if you Google it, you'll see a whole range of other things. I think they've actually now um, tried to define some rules around how big a cup you can bring, because people were bringing paddling pools and fish tanks um, to this. But imagine on that day you rocked up to 7-Eleven, and all you brought was an egg cup. And that's all that you're expecting to feel like. would be a bit disappointed, wouldn't you? It's like, what have you brought this morning? Have you brought the paddling pool this morning for God to say, I'm expecting that you're going to fill this? Or have you brought your egg cup saying, I'm expecting you're going to fill this? What's our expectancy this morning to hear from God? And my personal challenge that I want to set myself is that every time I'm up here speaking is that I want to give people a chance to respond to him, to make a life-changing decision to say yes to Jesus even if the whole room uh, is full of believers who've been believers for the last 10, 20 years, why do I want to keep on doing that? Because I want to be expectant that God's going to fill that space and that he can still speak to you, whether you've known him for the whole of your life or whether you've never met him before. I want to give that opportunity every time because I'm expectant that he's going to move in that place. I want to be expectant that there are going to be a people sat here who've never met Jesus before. I want to be expectant of that, especially in our new season. And I want us to be expecting of that as well. That the people that come and sit in these seats that are currently empty are people that are just on the cusp of saying yes to Jesus. So many things in our lives can, can limit um, our expectations and can stop us receiving from God. 
There's so many things. It, even this morning, I'm sure there are things that potentially could get in the way of you receiving from God this morning. It could be the attitude, as, as I've already said, going through the motions. It could be the, the fact that maybe you came in a little bit late and a little bit flustered because something happened earlier. Maybe it's because you've had such a busy week that your mind hasn't been able to stop. Maybe it's because on the way here you had an argument and you had a disagreement and it's not been resolved and there's some conflict going on. Maybe it's because last night you were up a little bit too late and now you're suffering the consequences this morning. So many things can get in the way of us receiving from God. But in the memory verse for this series that we're looking at in Realign, John 14, Jesus says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He will teach you all things. He's here this morning. He is here this morning and he wants to teach you all things. He is active. He is present. He is ready to reveal truth about himself. And he wants to connect with you this morning. Holy Spirit is here, ready to teach us. Are we ready for that? Are we expectant of that? Are we wanting that? See, there are lots of ways that can maybe stop us receiving, but there are a whole load of ways that we can receive from God. When we come together as church, there are a whole ways that we can receive from God. Maybe through the Bible, through as we open up the Word, whoever's delivering the message. And the words on the page can leap out and they can speak to us. And you just think, Poor, it's like it's speaking right to me. They can speak to us through the Bible, through worship, through the songs that we sing. Maybe there's a phrase or a sentence, a line in a song. And you're like, wow, that speaks right into my situation. Maybe it's a prophecy or it's a word of God. Someone brings something to you um, and you're like, how do they even know about that? Like God is speaking to me through this. Maybe it's even just through conversation, through the person that you've come with, like personal testimony of sharing their life and what's gone on in their life. And that speaks to you. You see, God can speak to us in so many different ways. However, there's one particular way that we're going to focus on this morning. It's a practice that I believe we can express deep expectation to connect with God. We can ex uh, express deep expectation to receive from God and, and hear what he wants to say to us. It's a practice that in the early church, we read in Acts, that was so central to their worship, so central to their community, and so central in helping them realign who they were. And I believe it has the same power for us today. It helps us centralise what's most important to us, what matters most for us. But sadly, in one way or another, this practice has maybe been neglected, maybe not uh, done as much. It's maybe been changed from what it originally was. It's maybe potentially arguably been formalized in a way. And what I'm talking about is the practice of communion, and, or you might know it as the Eucharist, or the Lord's Supper, or the breaking of bread, or even the love feast. That's what we're going to focus on this morning. And as part of our response, we're going to take time to, to take communion together. 
but I want us to do it in a little bit, maybe a different way to how we've done it before, and I'll explain why as we go on. Let's look at Luke uh, 22 from verse 14. It says, When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. See, studies show that for a huge proportion of us, um, we're at our most happiest or our most fulfilled or the, the moments that mean most to us are times that are around the table. Times that are around the table with friends or with family. Times where we're in community with one another. I don't know if you have any um, memories of like maybe birthday uh, meals or times out with friends. I'm sure the thing that you remember most isn't necessarily the food on the table, although sometimes that can be great, but it's the people that you're with. It's the community that you're with. It's the people that you're sat around the table with. You see, sharing a meal around a table shows you, it's like who you value most. Who you value most. When you invite friends and family for a meal, it's like you value them, don't you? You value them most and you come and you sit around the table. I know for families, that's like a really important part of their day. Or part of their week, maybe you do it as a Sunday thing. Like all the family gets together Sunday lunch, and we all get to. It's like I realign what values most in my life: my family, the people that I love and care for. And just like that with communion, it was initially taken around the table. In the early church, we see it was taken around the table with a meal, with the people that mattered most, mattered most to Jesus and. Jesus was the one that mattered most. They shared communion around the table. The breaking of bread together was around the table. It was like a regular rhythm for them. We see that they get together, meet in each other's homes, have food together. They share possessions together. But all of this, it all came as part of the meal around the table. I think in some ways, the table aspect of it, the meal aspect of it, has kind of been removed a little bit from this practice. And that's not to say that it's done wrong, but I think there's, something, there's so much value in that, in this community, in the fact that it was done at a meal. It was done with the people who were around them, that actually Jesus gets put at the centre of that, but we get to share a meal, we get to share this communion together with each other, placing Jesus at the centre, realigning ourselves to the one that we love. Like the disciples, that's what they were called to do, weren't they? They came together, they realigned themselves together, but then putting Jesus at the centre, realigning themselves with who mattered most to them? Jesus. When we take communion, I want us to realign ourselves with what matters, who matters most to us? Jesus. Taken around the table, around a meal. As we look... Um, as we go, sorry, before we just go into our time of communion together, and we're going to spend time in that place. I want us to just look 
one of the lines that it says, it says, do this in remembrance of me. There are various uh, traditions that we can take to remember. One's coming up next month, isn't it? On the 11th, we, uh, we wear a poppy, don't we, to remember those that fought in the war. Maybe if you've lost a loved one, you might remember them by laying flowers at a grave. If you've ever seen a sporting fixture and uh, a famous uh, player or someone's uh, passed away, they may hold a minute's, a minute's silence or sometimes even now a minute's applause. There are, there are different ways that we can remember um, or do as an act of remembrance. But communion in some ways is not just something that's done in memory of. It's not just in memory of Jesus. We don't just stop there looking back. We do look back, and that is part of it for sure. We do want to look back at who, who Jesus is, what he's done for us, the fact that he died on a cross and he rose again and he took the place of us. We do want to look back. We do want to look back at his life and his ministry, and we want to remember all of the goodness that he did. But we want to do more than that. I feel that we want to, we want to look around So we're looking back, but we're also looking around. We're looking around at the community that we're in. We're looking around at the people that are sat at our table, the people that we're sharing this with, remembering that actually we're part of something much bigger, that the the body of Christ is so much bigger than just me, that we get to do this together in community. And the fact that Jesus is actually living and active now. And as well as looking around, we also want to look forward. We want to look forward to what is to come, that there's a hope there, that we get to live in a place of hope because we know that Jesus said he's going to come back and he's going to fulfill everything. He's going to bring his kingdom in his fullness. We're going to get to a place where there's no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. We get to look forward to that. So when we take communion in a moment, I don't want us just to stop and just be in a place of looking back. But in terms of this act of remembrance, I want us to draw on the past. I always want us to pull the past into the present. So we're like, thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross and you saved me. Thank you for what you've done for me. And I want to pull that into the now so that affects how I live today. But I also want to pull on the future. I want to pull on the future promises and the future hope that I get to stand in a place of victory today because I know the end I know what the outcome is. And I want to pull that into the present today and be like, thank you, Jesus, that I get to stand in that place. And so it's not just a case of this or a case of that, but it's pulling both together to say that actually now in the present, I get to realign myself with what matters most to me. Jesus, for what you've done and what you're going to do and what you're currently doing right here, right now. When we take communion, I want it to be like that in our hearts and in our minds remembering the past, the future, and making it be a reality for our present. See, communion, it helps us recenter what matters most to us. Jesus also said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood that's poured out for you. And this language of covenant is basically like a, a contract. It's before they had like written contracts, they would have a covenant. In the Old Testament, we see God... Um, 
brings the covenant to his people and it's basically like a promise. It's, a great, it's an agreement between two parties and it's a, it's a promise made by God. And in response, there's a commitment from the person or from the people that God makes his promise and then there's a commitment that's coming that makes the covenant. So I want to challenge you this morning or ask you this morning that God's making a covenant with you today and he's got a promise for you. What's the commitment? We're the ones that have got to choose that commitment. What's our commitment to that? The promise that he loves you, that he cares for you, that he has a plan for you, that he saved you. What's your commitment? That he wants all of you. What's your commitment to that? What's your commitment this morning? Maybe you've never made a commitment to God. Maybe this is all completely new to you. Maybe you've never set foot in a church before. Why not make that commitment today? Why not? What's stopping today being the day of that first commitment? I'd love for us to stand. And just before we, we take communion, we share communion together, um, I'd love for us to just get into a posture of receiving. I think posture is just really important. So maybe you like to close your eyes, maybe just to hold out your hands as if you're about to receive something. Are you expectant that God's going to speak to you? Maybe he's already speaking to you. Are you expectant that he's going to continue to speak to you, that he can speak to you right now as we just take this time? And as I said earlier, I want to always give an opportunity for people to say yes to Jesus. I want to always offer that out to you. Jesus says it most simply. He says, Follow me. That's his ask. Follow me. Leave your old life and follow me. And I want to ask if you want to say yes to Jesus this morning for the first time. I want to say, yeah, I'm in. I'm not got it all right. I know I'm not perfect. But I want to, I want to live my life following Jesus. I want to say thank you that he saved me, that he died for me that you took my place. If that's you, then I'd love for you to just raise a hand. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And for others of us, maybe it's a case of actually I need to realign myself with God. Maybe I, I've not been putting what matters most in the centre of my life. But I want to do that this morning. I want to re, realign myself with his plans, with his purpose that he has for me. I want to receive what you've got for me. And if that's you, if you want to realign yourself with Jesus this morning, I want to invite you just to, to raise a hand and then we're going to pray. Great, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Heavenly Father, Lord, we th thank you so much that we get to stand in a place where we can draw upon the past of what you've done. Thank you that you died and you rose again in our place, that you bore all the sin and shame so that we don't have to. 
Yet we also stand in a place where we know that the victory is won in you. And we can draw on the hope of the future that we know we're going to be entering a kingdom of no pain, no tears, no suffering when you come again. And thank you that drawing on both of those things, we can pull into our present day because we know that you are alive and you are active. Lord, we praise you for what you've done. I pray that as we, we take and share communion together, Lord, as we receive communion together, Lord, would we be able to draw on all those things and just give you the glory in all of it. Praise your name, Jesus. Amen. Fantastic. We are going to enter into a time of communion together, but... Um, before we do that, in terms of a bit of instruction of how we go about doing that, I would have loved for us to have had tables. I'd have loved for us to have been able to share a meal and then in that meal, broken the bread, shared out the wine and, and had it in that context. But just logistically, it wasn't going to work, unfortunately. But I would love for you, maybe in groups, either people that you came with or in your rows, to almost treat this as a, a little bit like you're at a meal together. You're, we're doing it in community. Like go and grab a, a big bit of bread. Like don't, don't be stingy with it. Sometimes we're a bit stingy. Like I'll take a little bit or I can't take more than that. Like if you, if you want half the loaf, take half the loaf. That's all I'm saying. If you've not had breakfast this morning, then God bless you. You can have some bread. <laughs> but seriously, let's do this together because this is a celebration. Is it not? Is communion not a celebration, remembering what Jesus has done for us? Like, let's be celebrating the fact, like, as we share the bread and the wine together, like, be celebrating with each other. Enjoy it. Smile, laugh, high five, hug, whatever it is. It's like we're family in this and we're drawing on what he's done and we're remembering and looking into the future of what he's going to do and we're bringing it into the here and now and we get to share in that. That Jesus is here with us. Is that not something to celebrate this morning? So I'd love to invite you. We've got stations, four stations around the room. So go with, uh, with your groups. Just to make you aware, there is a gluten-free loaf over there. So if you are gluten-free, we still would love you to take part in this. Um, so it's in the station furthest to the front on this side. But as the band come up, they're going to be playing... Um, and in this time, can I just encourage you to, yeah, in groups, go and take communion together and enjoy the moment and celebrate this fact that we get to do this. Is that okay? Yeah, should we all stand up, get some life back into our bones? And we're, gonna, we're then going to enter into a time of worship as well. And throughout that time, the offering buckets will go round um, and you can put the envelopes back in there. But let's enjoy this time. Go take communion together as family, as a body of Christ and celebrate what Jesus has done for us and what he's going to do for us and the fact that we get to live in a place now where he's living in us. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.